Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. You heard Katie talk a little bit about her diving experience on Monday's show and play a little bit of the audio that she had captured from that moment way back when. And it made me think about sharing a story from my very, very brief but very passionate diving career. I first scuba dived in Thailand in the summer of 2007. And that is where I was certified. But the place I was was not that rich with uh, with underwater life. It was it was okay. It was middling. I knew there was something better out there. And on that trip to Southeast Asia, I had intended after Thailand and a few other stops along the way to visit the temples of Cambodia in Angkor Wat. Well, I was so passionate about diving at this point after only, you know, the the number of dives that it takes to become certified at the basic level. But nevertheless, I was so excited about this new experience that I had had. I wanted to experience it more fully. I wanted to really dive into it. No pun intended. Well, pun very intended, actually. And so I was sitting in an internet point in Malaysia, trying to decide what I was supposed to do. Do I go to Cambodia as planned, or do I chuck it all and find a place where I can go diving? And I eventually chose the latter option. I picked up a guidebook on the area I was in, and I started flipping through it to try to find a great place where there was a lot of life, a lot of underwater life that I could explore. And I discovered a place called Palau Way. It is a tiny island off the northern tip of the island of Sumatra in Indonesia. It's an area that was extremely hard hit by the tsunami and tourism at that time, which was, as I said, back in 2007, was still just only slowly coming back to that part of the world. In fact, that's not even accurate. There was not much tourism there to begin with because the tip of Sumatra and the surrounding area around the city of Banda Aceh was embroiled in civil war up until the time of the tsunami. And the tsunami effectively ended all civil war in that area because there was so much death. And it was finally opening up to tourists again. Through this guidebook, I discovered a tiny little dive school run by a Dutch family on this tiny little island. Now, getting there was a huge, huge ordeal. I talk about it extensively in a previous episode. If I can figure out which one it is, I'll put it in the show notes. I won't go into that story again, but there is one little detail of that diving experience that I want to share with you. And this dive school was wonderful, by the way. It was so rustic. It was so casual, familiar, just wonderful, lovely, extremely inexpensive. I spent 
as much time there as I possibly could before I had to get back for my flight back to, to Rome. I went diving at least two times a day. I was obsessed. I was bit by the diving bug so badly. To this very day, I regret so much that I have not since that time ever been diving again. But that's another story for another time. But during one of my dives, it was getting towards the end of my period there. And I was really starting to feel confident. Although I was still a complete beginner, I had taken a couple of other extra trainings. I had done a night dive. And one day they proposed that we go on a micro dive, a dive in which you look for very, very, very tiny creatures, little porcelain crabs, seahorses, things like that. So we went down into the water and it was a place that wasn't extremely packed with life because again, we were looking for the details, the tiny little creatures. And of course I had my dive partner, but you know, we weren't really glued to the hip 100% of the time. And I never went out of range of anyone else. I never was to the point where I couldn't see the people I was diving with, of course. I was quite cautious. And as I was floating by a rock formation underwater, I was very, very close to the rock. I knew sort of which types of creatures I was looking for. And I was sort of skimming along the surface of this rock. And all of a sudden, out of a hole in the rock came the giant, or it felt giant to me, face of a moray eel. Now, if you've never seen a moray eel, if you don't know what it looks like, Google it because it's freaking frightening. Moray eels, they're probably not that aggressive, but they really look like they are. They kind of hide in these little holes in the rock. They kind of curl up in there. They just have their mouths wide open and they have these sharpest teeth. It's terrifying, actually. And they just sort of breathe with their mouth wide open. Even if they're not attacking, they've just got their mouth open. And of course, they've got these buggy eyes. And they look so intensely threatening. The truth is, moray eels will generally not attack you if they're not provoked. But I was very close to this thing. And I <laughs> I didn't intend to be. And of course, the the glass in your goggles magnifies things a little bit. So it probably felt closer than it actually was, but it really felt like it was about to bite my nose off. I mean, that's how close this thing was to me, right in front of my face. And it was one of, probably one of the scariest moments of my life. And of course, I did the thing that they teach you not to do, which is I pulled my arms out at the sides so that I could then, you know, push my way backwards away from this eel that is an aggressive gesture, opening your arms out like that. And they teach you not to do that when you come face to face with a, a frightening creature. Luckily for me, I was not attacked. So I was just able to float away. When I came back up to the surface, <laughs> the people I was diving with, and it was always very small groups because it was a very small dive school. He said, we were looking at each other asking ourselves silently, of course, because you can't talk down there. What is she doing? Why is she swimming so close to this moray eel? I did not know. I had not known that it was there. So that's probably the scariest thing that has happened to me 
on a dive, including seeing a shark in the wild, not being in a shark cage, but it was not an aggressive shark. It was a, a very small reef shark and not something that would have attacked humans. But uh, nevertheless, I still want to do it again, and I cannot wait. It is the beginning of the year, and I'm so tempted to make a resolution to go diving again, but um, I'm still not ready to commit to it this year. Because I've been burned the last two years, like probably so many of you listening have, when uh, dreams and goals have just turned out to not be possible in these times. But I will do it again. It may not be in 2022, but I will go diving again. And hopefully I will not encounter another moray eel right at the tip of my nose. Thanks for listening to this bittersweet moment. Join us again. Bye. If you love the show, take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to read while you listen, and your rating might help someone else discover the show. Take just a couple of minutes to let the world know what you think of this show. It means the world to us. Thanks. Thanks.